Hello everyone, I hope you're having a great day. It's good to be back with you. This is the Rowdy Buddhist uh, podcast. So, uh, I hope everyone is enjoying this uh, actual series concerning the Six Padamita and also our discussion on the guide and student relationship. I heard a lot of really great feedback. Thank you for the feedback. It's always appreciated and I'm glad that it's being of a benefit to you. Today I wanted to talk about the third paramita, which uh, is patience. In uh, they call kasanti paramita, or in Japanese ninniku, ninniku. So, what is the concept of patience? Now, before we continue on, again, I, I want you. A lot of times we look at Buddhism, especially the six paramitas, as how we think of our behavior how it affects us with dealing with other people. But actually, we need to put another layer on that, is how we affect others in dealing with them. So a lot of times, the six paramitas, as we were talking about the guide uh, slash teacher relationship with the student, it's very important to understand the six paramitas in entering the practice of Buddhism, because I believe that there is a structure. As Master Tantai was stating, this is the medicine of the Bodhisattva. So what sustains the Bodhisattva and their practice. So without the six paramitas, the Bodhisattvas actually fall into despair or sadness because they, they fall out of practice. And it's important, to, you know, as I was stating before, my big questions that I'm trying to answer are how we actually, from zero to 100, enter the practice of Buddhism properly. Because everything seems very uh, happenstance and you learn as you go, etc. But actually, as a guide, it's very important to allow people the correct process to grow because Buddhism ultimately is about growing and nourishing our Buddha nature. That's very important. So, you know, just like yourself, just physically working out is not the same as using all of the different facets, such as your uh, mind, body, and spirit, and working those out in conjunction, meaning that your exercise is for uh, one goal. And as we stated, that goal we have is, uh, in the big word, enlightenment, but in reality, clarity. Okay? So the third of the six paramitas is patience. And, you know, we as Nichiren Buddhists are very lucky because, you know, as followers of the Lotus Sutra, and this is, again, integrating how the Lotus Sutra is used in our practice, we look at of course, chapter 20, which is Jofukyo Bodhisattva, never despising Bodhisattva, or never disparaging, I believe they use as well. And this concept of patience is exemplified through this story in that uh, it's showing tolerance and acceptance, etc. Now, I'm going to paraphrase it, but there's actually, in that chapter, something called the 24 characters. And in that 24 characters, it's a summation of Jofukyo Bodhisattva's concept uh, that is, his, is the core of his practice. So generally, uh, when uh, you see in the chapter that all of these lay people, lay women, <coughs> pardon me, clergy, etc., are trying to learn from Jofukyo. So basically, they see the monk coming in the distance and uh, you know, a lot of times patience, you know, is very disturbing because when we practice something 
the opposite of what suffering people want, usually they react with violence because that is kind of their go-to as suffering beings because it's it's as a small child uh, they don't have the wisdom or the understanding in order to know how to act out properly uh, and actually how to quell or quench those desires such as anger etc but never despising bodhisattva is uh, when he meets people they're ultimately angry with him and why is that is because he acknowledges their buddha nature and it's very fascinating because, again, when we look at it, when people come to Buddhism, and, and just put this, first of all, in your shoes first, um, when you're practicing Buddhism, don't you come against certain things that just rub you the wrong way, even though the day before it might have made you happy? We're such unbalanced beings that that's quite common. So a lot of times, just the simple acknowledgement that you are a Buddha Somebody would say in the modern sense, well, who do you think you are to tell me I'm a Buddha? Who do you think you are to make that judgment? As we see here, you know, sometimes having a conversation with uh, certain people, ultimately they take things in offense. Uh, it could be due to their mood, could be due to a lot of uh, underlying issues. However, uh, Jofukyo Bodhisattva's practice is simply to acknowledge and bow to the Buddha nature that he sees in other beings, because this comes to the basic practice of seeing the Buddha in others, which is a great example of compassion, the Bodhisattva way. And so his particular practice is going to these people and bowing to their Buddha nature. However, as I stated, a lot of them react, uh, perhaps uh, with anger or violence, etc., and they throw pieces of tile at him and uh, yell and curse at him. And what he does is take steps back, a few steps back, to a safe distance where they can no longer hit him. Uh, so this is the idea of nonviolence in Buddhism, which is the first precept of no killing. Very important point here. Uh, and, and, and just a side note, it's very important to know our founder Nietzsche and Shonen never used violence. It's interesting how he's portrayed by some modern... Um, how do you say, groups of like this radical, incoherent person who's just yelling and ranting on the street, uh, yelling down all the other Buddhist sects and just criticizing Buddhism in general except for his idea. However, that is not the real Nichiren Shonen, okay? The real Nichiren Shonen followed, and this was his practice of following never despising Bodhisattva, in that he would simply, as he stated in the Rishouan Kokoron, that he simply stated this from his understanding, from his uh, in, in, insight into Buddhism. And therefore, that was why he had to share with other people the correct medicine of the Lotus Sutra. And of course, people reacted to Nietzsche and Shonen in the same way. That's why there's this huge connection. However, it's very interesting because we as practitioners, when we study with our guide, going back to what we were talking about before, a lot of people react with anger such as especially when ego comes into it. That's why, again, we're connecting it especially with our practice, with our guide, because that's when we have to confront these things. And a lot of times, which you, which you uh, may not know, a lot of times indirectly, just because we allow someone to guide us, these things naturally come out, especially in frustration. Uh, most people are just frustrated, so they they turn to the ego, they turn to anger, they turn to violence, etc. 
But it's important to realize, as I stated, Buddhism, Nichiren Buddhism, is is, is exactly non-violent. That is the basis of Nichiren Shonen's teaching and practice and life. He was never violent, and you can't find anything in which he was violent. Now, when people see him uh, going to the government and debating, that is a common practice. And actually, many of the, pretty much all of the Kamakura era, era um, priests did the same thing. So just Nichiren Shonen was known for it specifically, and I think in some ways uh, made into a just a simple one-dimensional character. However, that's not the case. And we as practitioners should know the multi-dimensional character Nichiren Shonen. And this concept of patience is the idea of patience with oneself and with others and with the situation. That means tolerance and acceptance. Now, of course, people are sitting there going, well, you know, uh, it's not always good to be patient. However, we as Buddhists need to understand the concept and tool and inculcate through experiential understanding the concept of patience. Because actually, there's a great video online, if you get a chance, on the YouTube channel of my teacher stating patience is offense and defense. So I'll let you go and study that because that's really, that blew my mind because usually we just think of patience as putting up with people's stuff. However, in that concept, because as a martial artist, I wanted to understand what this means. In that concept, you're able to see the situation as it is as well and react appropriately. That's offense, not just defense or protection from somebody. So when you look at, and one time we actually... <clears throat> took people and physically acted out the concept of Jofukyo Bodhisattva. So what we did is that we paired up people and some people we made have some angry idea, some angry thought, perhaps about the person across from them. And then we allowed them, the person across from them, to be able to, in their Buddhist practice, bring about this idea of patience, uh, endurance, uh, and never despising, looking at the true nature of reality through the concept of Ichinian Sanzen, 3,000 existences contained in a single thought, in which we are able to see the Bodhisattva nature of the person. Okay, So when they did that, they were able to, uh, in their own practice, react through a Buddhist concept rather than through an egotistical concept or just a fight-or-flight concept. Then... Uh, we moved them back about seven paces and from a distance did the same thing. And we watched how to see how physically both of them felt. And it was really fascinating. So if you get a chance, try this. But again, you probably have opportunities during the day to do this with people. But again, I really want to stress the concept of nonviolence because violence is uh, the kind of poison that kills the Buddha nature immediately. Now, with the concept of studying with a guide, which was what our main point was before, was when we practice with a guide, we need to be accepting of what they're teaching us. Otherwise, if we don't trust them and we don't believe in their attainment into being able to want to be guided to where they're gone, where they have gone, they shouldn't be our guide. So you need to be really cognizant of this when you choose a guide. It's not something to be taken lightly. And actually, I would... I would have to say it's probably the most important relationship of your entire life that you'll have. It's by far the most important relationship because that person will know you 
better than anybody else in your life. And the other thing is, if they are a proper guide, you can trust them. Now, again, guides are not perfected people, okay? But what they do is that they have the concept of the Bodhisattva to share and, and, and cultivate for other people. So a guide not only thinks, well, I want to guide other people one day. What they do is that they have understood and experienced experientially in their life the path of Buddhism. And so therefore, just simply helping and being a good friend on the path of Buddhism allows uh, people to gain their own insight and awakening. So this idea of patience, that sometimes you have to just take what the guide says patiently and accept it. That's very tough for modern people. All right, And sometimes it has to go beyond, uh, in, how do you say, thought. So a lot of times in Buddhism, you may go to a temple. So I, I think I gave you the example before. When I went to study with Komoto Sensei, or even with Chinese Buddhism, uh, they made me bow. Uh, I think it was like 100,000 times when I was becoming a monk in order to study. And then once I passed that, then they gave me cleaning. And then studying with Komoto Sensei, for about six months, I had to clean outside of the temple without even going in. Then for another six months, I was allowed to clean inside the temple. And of course, I was learning these paramitas through the practice. Because again, these are the essentials to study. So just to go to a Buddhist temple and say, tell me what to read. This happens on the internet all the time. All people are just talking about what to read, what to, what to study. But that's only half of it. The practice is the most important. And, and, and you think practicing on your own is good enough. But actually perfect example is that even priests, uh, basic service, for instance, when they practice on their own, we all have our characteristics, our own style. And then also there are things that we need to work on and challenges that we have. So every year when we come together in Japan for the, for the uh, meeting that we have, we practice. And it's really interesting to see how people have their own style and character. But the idea of Sangha means to practice together. So therefore, we get that opportunity to practice together. And that's when we, of course, deepen our practice as well, because we balance each other out. That's the way Sangha is supposed to work. But with a guide, it's very important that we trust their them as guides and follow them. Of course, keep your wits about you. However, it will be challenged. So therefore, you may say, just like in the movie Karate Kid, what what does washing cars have to do with practicing karate, right? What does painting the fence have to do with practicing karate? But actually, those are tempering people's behavior because these are the basic behaviors of a bodhisattva that are necessary to walk the path. So when you see your teacher, your guide, and he asks you to do something, you should accept it and have tolerance and develop patience. Because actually, if uh, you don't have a patience, uh, whose fault is that? You know, or you think I'd rather do something else. So you don't need a guide then. And actually, you wouldn't be a Buddhist practitioner, right? You would be, you could just go and become a yogi by yourself. Uh, you know, a self-practitioner in the forest. However, in the Mahayana, we study uh, the vehicle through the Lotus Sutra which we should have uh, transmitted by our great teacher, uh, of course, uh, guide, 
that is the eternal Buddha. And then exemplified through Nichiren and Shonin, and exemplified through our guides. All right. So therefore, this idea of endurance, and that also means not giving up. So when you start Buddhism, you shouldn't think of the end game result. So a lot of people are always comparing how long it takes to study and practice Buddhism. Well, I hate to tell you that Buddhism is a continuous life practice. And, and Buddhism is not something that you graduate from. There are different insights and understandings that you get during your practice, but the important thing is about living and actualizing it through life. So that's why I said at the beginning, if you're not experiencing Buddhism, you're not practicing Buddhism. Also, if your life is uh, some trouble and difficulty, especially health. Now, that's not to say you people are against you and or you're fighting all kinds of injustice. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about physical health is one of the ways the Bodhisattva sees about their practice. Now, the outside world, we can't control that. So a lot of times, as Nietzsche and Shonen showed through his practice of patience, if you transmit something that is uh, awakening for people, it challenges their patience. It challenges their tolerance of you because it challenges their ego. And the ego is not tolerant. It's not accepting. And it has no patience for anything other than itself. And sometimes even not for itself. So therefore, it's very important that we properly cultivate patience. But just the concept of patience cannot be understood by simply understanding it through what I've just said. You have to study through a guide. You have to study someone who can te with someone who can correctly teach you patience. And you have to aspire patiently for that. That means... You seek out your guide. Nowadays, with the internet and everything, everybody just sits uh, and they're internet Buddhists instead of book Buddhists nowadays, right? We used to call book Buddhists the ones that just read books and pretend they're Buddhists. And then now we have internet Buddhists who just sit behind a screen and think that they're practicing Buddhism. If you do not aspire to practice with your guide, all right, that doesn't always mean in person, but to practice and study with them, Right? Giving appreciation, ofuse, by being on time, by endeavoring to go, right? Which is what we'll talk about next, energy, right? Upholding the precepts, being honest, being, being forward with your practice. And then, of course, tempering it with patience. I want you to think how your practice would uh, outcome be. Because you know the answer. I don't have to sit here and tell you. You know the answer, what, what, what happens. So therefore, you need to find true anyataya uh, appreciation, right? Gratitude for the Buddha, for Buddhism. And hold it up as the greatest gem or jewel in your life. Now that you've discovered it in your robe. You've been wandering it around. And you never knew that you were the richest person in the world with this priceless gem sewn into the hem, the hem of your cloth, cloth, of your clothing. So therefore, I really want you to take this seriously and think about this in your daily life and in relations with others. And I look forward to our next conversation. Again, if you have any questions, please send the questions to seattlebuddhist at hotmail.com. Please become a sponsor of this podcast so it tells me that everyone is interested and I'll keep supporting it. Also, and please support our mission. And Kyoji Buddhist Network's mission. Uh, we're here to help train and teach Buddhism, to be good guides, uh, and to lead people into the mountain of enlightenment. So thank you very much. Namu Miyoho Renge Kyo. Have a great weekend. Thank you.